0: Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Doc Brown and Surgeon Simulator of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who only signs up for crossovers that make sense. Josh, how are you doing this evening?
1: Oh, I love a good crossover. You know, Kyle, as I take a sip of this mead Mm. (laughs) (laughs) makes me think of a time in the past when i used to be an adventurer just like you but then i took an arrow to the knee
0: oh and now
1: i podcast
0: is that really am you doing podcast? <laughs> is that really why you podcast? You took an air to the knee and just yeah, can't run wow. your adventures anymore. I'm just stuck in this room. So, gotcha. Uh okay, Josh. Obviously, you know, we always take a few minutes at the beginning of the show to talk about, you know, the regular going-ons of the world. How big of a bummer was this weekend, Josh? <laughs>
1: uh I had a rough weekend and I and and that is <laughs> that is not even taking into account the goings-on of the world. Uh so, yeah, it's been a bummer of weekend uh <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's been tough and in fact uh <laughs> i didn't I wasn't even thinking about this before we started recording. I didn't even think we'd talk about it. <clears throat> there's like a time, so you take this year, right, this year's mm-hmm. already been pretty terrible, and I think something like this like amplifies at least for me like um, right- emp- Empathically is not a word, but empathetically is probably a word. Um, empathetically, <clears throat> I just I was up late Friday night um, mm-hmm. playing Wasteland Three, actually. Oh, nice! Uh, and and then I got a notification that that um, Chadwick Boseman had passed away, and I didn't. And it was from like I have a thing on my app on my phone called Newsbreak. and. Mm-hmm. I constantly get like emails from them, or mess- like updates from them. Like every day, it's like fifty thousand new stimulus checks up, and I'm like, "This isn't real. Why do I even follow this site?" Right. So I didn't believe it at first. Then I checked, I double checked, and of course, it, it and it was validated. Um, and I know people have like this weird um, anti fascination with celebrity. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. times a celebrity passes, and for some reason, a large amount of the internet gets angry that people are sad a celebrity dies. Right. And especially on Facebook, too. Um, And I never really understood that. Like, people are like, it's just a celebrity. You didn't know them. Why are you so affected? Like, would you care this much if your blah, blah family member died? And then I don't understand that mentality. Um, The reason why I bring that up is because, like, I didn't really... It was kind of shocking Friday night, but Saturday when I was like home and I was on Twitter and I was seeing every, every single person I follow on Twitter, celebrity, non-celebrity posting about him. um, Mm -hmm. And then, and then starting to share like details about like what we didn't know was going on and how long we knew he was suffering with this. That he didn't tell anybody. And then like, yeah. videos of him visiting hospitals and then videos of him getting choked up in interviews and then tweets about people criticizing him about being tired mm-hmm. and being over the Wakanda salute and all these kinds of things. I, I, I literally cried all day Saturday <laughs> and at just various moments, like the Jimmy Fallon thing popped up a bunch. Yeah. And that was probably the most um, emotional thing I saw. Uh, with video like there was a lot of stuff about him going to the hospitals that was also very like emotionally charged um and then there was some pictures of like um a kid a dad had to tell his son that he died and then he's crying and doing the, the wakanda salute while mm-hmm. he's crying and like then i get like mixed emotions about like exploiting children and uh, yeah that's conveying emotion but i also yeah. kind of understand like if that like Sincere, if that like legitimately sincerely happened in that moment, yeah, I one hundred percent understand. Um, chronicling that moment and sharing mm-hmm. it with people who are hurting—it's one of those really big moments because we're in such a weird time in the world where you know we have all this Black Lives Matter stuff going on, yep. and and he really brought this voice to a lot of. African Americans, um, um, black people in general, um, and Africans in general, uh, just like, I just remember how important this was to them when the movie came out right? and the representation and the fact that there was a black superhero. Um, and I know like pop culture can be like very dismissive of superhero movies as well. So, you know, obviously there's going to be critics out there, but. At his age and what he did, and the fact that he passed like so coincidentally with Jackie Robinson and he played him, right. And on his forty second birthday and um, like all these crazy things that just had kind of happened. It's just, it's it's three two two days later and and I know that these things tend to die out, but I'm still seeing so much like love and gratitude and. And support sent his way. And and then they posted today his tweet, which was from his family, his last tweet, Mm -hmm. was the most liked um, tweet on Twitter ever. Right. Which means that's getting to people. Yeah. Which is a good step forward. Mm -hmm. That means it's getting to people it didn't get to before. And that's a lot of white people who now appreciate that culture more and make it a little bit more. It's not just mainstream now. It's just something people are aware of and live with. Right. Um, and I think this year has brought a lot more awareness to, um, the black lives, lives matters movement, uh, from, mm-hmm. from white, pe- white people who would never like, who didn't pay attention to it five years ago. Right. So, um, I don't know. It's devastating. It's very sad. Um, and I told you about that stupid news break, stimulus check money oh. <laughs> just pops right up. Uh,
0: Almost on cue. On it's cue. like your phone like was phone... listening to you.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's very sad, and we have a lot of people in our Discord community mm-hmm. who are have been really affected by this. Um, yeah. And I and I want them to know because I know they listen to our podcast. I want them to know that I that I support them, even in times like this where it's not even necessarily so, like some personal thing they're going through i mean it is to a degree Mm -hmm. um but like i think we have such a great discord where people know they're supported when things go on and and mental health is a big part of our conversations yeah and this is a tough one for a lot of our our um, black community members and i feel terrible for them and i also feel terrible to for all these kids that are are growing up who saw this like, man, if COVID didn't happen, we could have had another black Panther movie. Yeah. You know, we could have, we could have seen him again and now we just have to have all these what ifs and, and now what are they going to do? And I know that trivializes his death a little bit and I don't mean to do that, but that's like a real concern, right? Black Panther was this huge figure. Yeah. And they need that representation now, I can't imagine the actress who plays Shuri, right? So, she's just living her life, and she probably loved, like, I don't know her relationship to Chadwick. Right. But by all accounts, he was just genuinely nice to everybody.
0: Yeah, that's definitely what it seems like.
1: And now, now she has to also live her life where everyone's pushing her to be this, the next Black Panther. Right. And I had this thought yesterday where I was like, she must just want to be like stop we'll get to it when we get to it but right. can we just let this happen mm-hmm. and then move on from there because she's not in control of what marvel does either right so you know god i hope they don't try to replace him with a like a male protagonist or try to ignore what happened mm-hmm. um but i don't know it, it, it's it's very tough and and i just started following uh, robin williams daughter recently Oh yeah, Zelda, Zelda. Mm-hmm. and uh, on his on the anniversary of his death because I I didn't even realize how vocal she was on social media. Yeah, she's very um, active, and she's she's a big proponent to like taking time off, especially on her on her father's yep. death anniversary she, and his birthday. She takes she goes away from social media. She said the same thing when Chadwick passed. She said, "I'm taking a break, but I hope all of you know this and that." And then she shared like. All the important phone numbers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she said, "You know, I'll be back, and we'll talk about it after that." But like, sometimes you need to take a break too. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's incredibly sad. A forty-three, uh, someone who's only four years older than me, passed away from stage four colon cancer, and yep, it doesn't get more real than that.
0: Yeah, it. it I remember when I heard the news, I didn't believe it at first because, like many people. There, my first thought was, well, I didn't even, I didn't even know he was sick, right. right? Exactly. And and then I realized, as I reflected upon that for a while, that there's this expectation that we have as, as people, as fans, that we should know these things, yeah. right? That the, that an actor or someone like that's personal life should be our business, that we should know this prior to it happening. So I I, I had a long reflection just on that about you know what is that. Say for me and like my expectations of, you know, famous people and all that stuff. So there was a lot of self reflection that I did in that time, but it is. I know screen rant got absolutely hammered because I think like an hour or two. Um, after the announcement of his passing, they had an article up about, like, well, what does Disney do now for Black Panther 2? Yeah,
1: give him a break. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, and they got absolutely hammered. And I-, I think they should have been. I definitely think they should have been. But it- it's very hard, and this butt isn't to, like, discount that they should be hammered for that. Yeah. But it's very hard to to separate him sometimes from that role just because of how meaningful and important that role was. And and what it has done um, really just, you know, to movies and the way movies are thought of and whether or not a, a movie that is focused on um, and, and done by black people for black people uh, can be successful. And it clearly can be. And even, you know, when I go see the film, I might not understand or pick up on everything, but I still enjoyed my time with it. Uh, I thought it was really excellently done. I think it was actually very uh, Ryan Coogler. Who I don't believe is on social media at all, but um, basically kind of released his statement. Did you read that at all? I didn't see it. No. Yeah. So his his is actually it got me really emotional because he was talking about the fact that for the last year he has been writing words for him to say that he'll never get to say. Yeah, that's devastating. you know, and just thinking about from the perspective of representation and and putting and, and elevating someone of of, of his position um, into a place to be able to to make a difference and into a place to be able to um, normalize seeing people of colors lead a movie, you know? And I do think that is important. Now, granted, secondary, obviously to the needs of his family and all those other things, but kind of backing up all the way to the idea of, should we care about celebrity deaths? I was someone who back in the day kind of thought it was interesting. I never really understood it. And to some degrees, I still don't fully understand it, but with that caveat, I still remember when I found out that Chester Beddington had died, huh. and that hit me really hard because I had specific things in my life that I could tie to experiences and memories that I had and you know the music of Linkin Park and how that had impacted me. Like there, Every time an actor or a musician or someone does a role or performs a song or writes a book or whatever they do, they're sharing a little bit of themselves with you right? That is something that they are giving freely of themselves to you. Now, yeah, maybe you have to pay for it or maybe you have to do whatever, but there's no way that they can't give something of themselves in that art, right? So you feel a connection to these people. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I don't understand. I I would struggle with some people because I, I, I'm older. I don't totally understand um, YouTube celebrities and all those things. Like, That part I probably would struggle with more, but that's just because of my age. Like I am I'm sure that's probably very similar. But when I think about that and really start to process that, like it makes sense that this would be impactful. And really, you know, when you look at just watching that Jimmy Fallon clip of what it meant, that movie meant to people. And
1: that people said that to a poster.
0: Right. You know, so (laughs) so clearly it makes sense then that this this person who gave something of themselves and far more than we we've realized. Um to, to play this role and to do these things, to play all the roles that he's played. Um in pain you know, it, in constant
1: yeah. like I watched that Jimmy Fallon thing and I was like I've seen it before, but now that lens
0: is so different. I knew
1: he was he had to have been in physical discomfort that entire time. And then I was like noticing his gait, like he walked a little weird. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if that's like man.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, so, hey, 2020 continues to be a great, (laughs) great year, right? Oh, my gosh. Hey, remember those Australian fires were this year?
1: Yeah, now we got the California fires again.
0: I know, right? It's because they uh, (laughs) they ain't raking them that brush there, Josh. All right, hey, how about we get to the show for real? Sound like a plan?
1: Yeah, hey, sorry for the downer, everybody. (laughs) No, I,
0: I think it's, I think, especially just for the, Type of people who likely listen to our show, I think is something that's probably on many of their minds as well. So um uh, much love to his family though and and Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, it is a bummer. Uh so housekeeping, obviously thanks for joining us, everyone. We do appreciate it. As always, if you have any feedback, your questions, topics, hit us up at board with VG on Twitter. Uh you can also check out the Instagram, also board with VG. Uh we're a proud part to play some video games and PSVG is on Patreon. We're definitely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. Josh, topic number one, Ooh. you got to go to the freezer.
1: I do. So why don't you talk to people about, hmm, let's I see. I will tell
0: them about this if they missed last week's show.
1: Oh, perfect. I'll be right okay, back. Okay,
0: perfect. <laughs> All right. So, the listener, if you missed last week's show, we had a segment where we talked about kind of the burning questions that were part of uh, Board Game Subreddit. So I had saved just a few questions, but one of the questions that was there uh, someone had asked if they put their board games into a like a garbage bag and then put them into a very cold freezer, would the games come out okay? And the reason they did this, they needed to do this, is because they had bed bugs. Um, so they found out they had bed bugs, and they needed to figure out a way to get rid of the bed bugs and be able to, uh, be able to still play their board games. Hopefully, if you're not familiar, the typical treatment is actually extreme heat. So usually, what they'll do is they'll uh, seal a room off. You're supposed to take out anything that could be potentially impacted by the heat, and then they crank up. They bring in these industrial heaters and basically cook the room. Uh, that wouldn't be great for board games. So the other option then is to freeze stuff. So this person was wondering, hey, if I do this is it going to harm my board games? If I freeze them, will I still be able to play them, unpack them? Will everything come out okay? So Josh and I were talking about it with no actual reason, knowing if it was going to work or not, but we decided, hey, or actually Josh was kind enough to pull a game off of his shelf and it has been in the freezer now for the last week. Now, granted... His freezer will not get as cold as the freezer in the subreddit post, but it was still a pretty cold freezer. So Josh, hey. you have retrieved your game.
1: Yeah, so it's not as cold. Yeah, like you, like I caught the tail end of what I was going to say. In a full trash bag, okay, it's negative six degrees Fahrenheit, clearly not as cold. Right. However, this is what I want to say. Um, in a situation where it was as cold as he said, uh, as it... Thaws, it's going to create moisture.
0: Right? I mean, I would think so.
1: Unless he has a. All right, so. Still shakes. Has a thin glaze of. Oh, does it? Shimmeriness to it. Instruction booklet. Cold, but fine. (laughs) I would assume so. Uh, Boards. Extra stiff. Don't don't break it,
0: though. Don't break it. Well,
1: it's going to get. I mean, I don't need. I'm not keeping this game.
0: I'm just saying. Oh, oh.
1: It snaps! Pretty easy. Oh, it snaps oh wow! Very easy.
0: Oh, does it? It oh. just snapped right in half.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well, so you that's... were supposed
0: to let it thaw before you tried to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, I get more boards, so okay, I'll let I'll, I'll this thaw. Oh wow. Yeah. Be careful with this.
0: <laughs> so you have to be man. If that was bol- if those were boards that folded. How do you think they would unfold? Oh, or do you I think wish you I picked one that
1: folded. What was I think? Next week. Uh,
0: Next. <laughs> this is <laughs> this very cold. This is co- we're going to call your game connection. This is your very cold.
1: In fact, this is actually breaking on the inside. Like, the cardboard itself broke on the inside.
0: Oh, wow. Is so, it, like, delaminated?
1: It literally just peels right apart. Um, that was just on one piece. I mean, obviously... I'll leave a couple to a thaw as well. See how that deals with thigh. We also have cards. The cards? They're fine.
0: Are they linen finished?
1: Uh they're glossy finished. Okay. So the cards are fine, tokens are fine. Little tiny tokens. Uh, we got dice.
0: I'm assuming those are like super cold
1: they Yeah, you could probably chill a whiskey glass with these. They rolled. And nice. then I got plastic pieces. Nothing has changed with the plastic pieces. For this specific game that I'm not keeping... I'll keep these dice, though.
0: <laughs> so, realistically, it seems like the cardboard is the, is the issue.
1: The cardboard is the issue, and we'll see what happens when these cardboard pieces thaw, but... Obviously, I guess the implication is like you're not going to play this game cold. <laughs> it's right, just to yes. kill the bed bugs. Yep. Um so we'll see what happens, but really what I think is going to be the problem is the moisture. Um, because realistically, your I gotta pick up my trash bag, because my cat likes to eat plastic bags, so my wife will kill me if my cat's dead in the morning.
0: <laughs> you should probably pick that up then. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, yeah, my biggest worry is the moisture. So as this thaws, it should be thawed by the time the episode is over, so I'll check it then, but my guess is um, it's not gonna drip. That cardboard is literally gonna soak up any moisture.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be very interested to see, because my assumption is like yours, that it will, moisture will develop as it warms up, and that it is going to warp to to all goodness that you can imagine. That is what I assume is going to happen.
1: Even if it doesn't warp it? Oh, well, you know what? Actually, this board is actually pretty warm already. So maybe there wasn't a lot of moisture. We'll see. This one's pretty warm already. Um, This might be okay.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: We'll see what happens. We'll check them at the end.
0: So as long as you don't just snap them in half right away. <laughs> well, you good thing be... I picked
1: the game I was gonna call anyways. <laughs> That's
0: right. I was like, we're just gonna freeze. It'd be all a of your fun games. joke.
1: I'll put them, I'll donate it to Goodwill, and someone's gonna buy it, thinking they get a full game. That's be... not nice at all. <laughs> 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 <You're> in <missing> pieces.
0: <laughs> oh shot, I can't endorse that one bit.
1: Yeah. Well, as a victim of it, I, I would oh, never. Really? I would never repeat that.
0: <laughs> okay
1: yeah i bought I bought uh d c hero clicks uh uh-huh. savers and it was sealed and I opened it and it was full of pennies and a plastic playmat and no figures
0: oh that's a bummer
1: <laughs> so the person who donated it was a real jerk <laughs> real piece of
0: work <laughs> yes yes
1: Again, all right let's move on to my topic now it's funny that I wrote this topic and then Um, the, I, I based it off of, uh, IZV2's, um, article on Shot and Totten 2, Mm -hmm. which they removed since I made this decision. Oh, interesting. So I'm wondering what they released that, where they weren't supposed to. So I pulled up, uh, Yellow's product page, which has significantly less amount of information about this Ah, game. (laughs) Okay. Um, so, uh, let's, let's jump right into it. So sequel fever, we have some sequels to games that have been announced. Uh, we're going to go over our thoughts, uh, and then we're going to, uh, we'll uh, pick one or two games that we think should get a sequel that haven't, hasn't already gotten one. Uh, so ICV2 originally posted and now I'm using yellow, uh, USA.com to, pull up shot and Totten 2, license to kilt uh a sequel a sequel to a very very popular board game this one did you play shot and Totten?
0: i've always wanted to i look at it every time i go to the store i've just never picked it up is
1: it a small game like this too
0: it is it's a very small game okay yeah. all
1: right so it's a very small game um this is the sequel to shot and Taunton. uh it's uh according to i uh, yellow it says, Panic in Scotland. The war between clans is stronger than ever. Your enemies are now attacking your castle. Defending your uh, Defend your walls and prevent your opponents from finding a breach. Meet the explosive sequel to one of the best card games in the world. Okay. Uh, play as the attacker or defender in this fast, asymmetrical, and tactical card game. That will appeal to your sense of bluff. That's all they give us now, I feel i'm sorry to say, but I definitely had an article with a way, 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 way more information <laughs> that is gone um that being said, uh, we have a bluffing card game, the sequel to uh um, i guess potentially the most successful bluffing card game <laughs> ever made. of all time <laughs> um, and that's really um uh, where. My idea for this topic came from, however, what I thought was important to note, speaking of sequels, is that Pinosaurus Games has announced, they're launching two new Dinosaur Island games on Kickstarter. You will have, if you're in the board game world, you will have already seen some information on Dinosaur Island Roar and Write, which is their, I think, first, like, forthcoming game, but. They also announced Dinosaur World, which, if you follow Jurassic Park, and Ash just fell over, and Dinosaur Island, you will know that this is essentially the Jurassic Park 2 of board games, where they are no longer just on the island, Uh, if you remember the end of Jurassic World. No, not Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 2. What was it called? Oh, my brain.
0: The Lost World?
1: The Lost World. Thank you. Or is that three? No, that was two. Uh, okay. They end up um, on the main land. So, let's see. Dinosaur World is a new standalone board game featuring similar dice drafting and work replacement mechanics to the original Dinosaur Island. When this game, players travel around a hex tile park, uh, building attractions and dinosaurs to reap their rewards of their unique effects. So, like, immediately this makes it sound more accessible, I think. Right, um, with the hex tile design, uh the sequel board game was set a few years after the original game and places a more importance on creating dinosaurs and attractions uh in an effort to win the game it's It's for two to four players it still plays sixty to one hundred twenty minutes so it's it's actually probably still a big game um but so that's another sequel we had before we move on to our ideas. do you have any insight any thoughts any? comments on shot and totten 2, dinosaur world or dinosaur roar In right (laughs) (laughs) they
0: do they do a nice job with their kind of off the beaten path or their adjacent games to in that world because you know they have dual sore islands Island, yeah yeah so uh cool i'm glad that those are getting some things now my big thing with shot and totten 2 is i Since I've never actually played Shot and Totten, I wonder, do I need Shot and Totten? Or do (laughs) I just get the second one?
1: Just play the second one now.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, For Dinosaur Island, though, slash Dinosaur World, I do have Dinosaur Island. Me too. I have never played it.
1: Same. (laughs) Uh, So I
0: feel like I need to play it before this Kickstarter is here in a couple weeks to see if I need to get the next one, right?
1: I mean, if I ever heard an excuse to play Dinosaur Island, I just heard it right now.
0: (laughs) I need to play this game to see if I can buy more games. I mean, I'm looking right at it. It's right under Villainous.
1: We, I I know I can convince my wife to play a game tomorrow. If it's not going to be Mariposas, it might as well be Dinosaur Island.
0: <laughs> so I think this is cool. I am interested in the Roar in Right. That sounds fun because I've never actually played any roll in Right games. <laughs> And I feel like I am missing out on the hottest trend in all of board gaming for the last 12 to 18 months, it seems. Right. I do think it's interesting that players will draw tetramino shapes on a gridded paper to create their attractions and dinosaurs, all while managing threat levels, acquiring specialists, and engineering DNA. So my guess is is that these tetraminos and what you have to how you have to assemble them is not going to be... It's kind of going to be like a recipe that like X thing equals Y dinosaur or Y attraction, which can be kind of fun. I like Tetraminos. I like Tetris. That's kind of fun. So, yeah, I'm interested. But like I said, I'm definitely going to have to probably play Dinosaur Island to see if I want to get Dinosaur World. Shot and Totten, I just have no idea whether I need the first or second one, I guess. I And I think 90% of the reason I like that, I want that game is because I think it has a cool name.
1: Shot and Totten? Yeah, I think yeah. it sounds cool to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe Dinosaur Island, the rule book, might come with me to work tomorrow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you inspired me. So and there's probably you. a
0: Watch It Played, right? There's got to be a Watch It Played there or something has to similar.
1: Be. Yeah, I'll certainly do that, too. I mean, not that I have time to do that. I do have time to do that, but I'll <laughs> definitely
0: do that. It's a lunch break, Josh, on your lunch break.
1: Or first break or second breakfast or second
0: <laughs> lunch. <laughs> cool. Ah, uh, so you talked about uh, what games we want sequels to. eh? what did you have thoughts on this right away?
1: You know, <laughs> there's like a lot of games I love that I think that deserve. <laughs> I say mm-hmm. questionably sequels. I think it really just depends on those seven wonders need a sequel. I mean, we're getting a remaster now, right? And like, like when you think of sequel, you think. Um, moving the game forward and adding new things, but when games that have so many uh, expansions to them, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's kind of easy to associate a sequel with like that game. Uh, yeah. So I had a hard time really like thinking of what I would truly want, like what I would want a true sequel to, but, um, I really, I really would like ticket to ride to like reinvent itself ticket to ride will always exist as a entry level new board game right Right. Uh, or new entry level board game but there's so much more they can do to be competitive in the train board mm-hmm. game market that I would love to see a ticket to ride two that separates itself from the first enough that we're not seeing the same mechanics in th- but it sticks to like their idea of a train game that is accessible to people, but maybe give it okay. the next level up. Like it's not so it's it's more like Lords of Waterdeep than right. it is like I'm trying to think of like your basic entry level worker placement. Um and for some reason I can't think of that right now.
0: I- I always typically go to Lords of Waterdeepers like Stone engine. Age. So
1: maybe so maybe it's like the um, Shadows of Camelot to Lords of Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like something they can add to it to make it more um, complex, but not, you know, I don't know. some Something where like Small World has a Small World 2 on the PC, but it's the same game. And I don't understand right. how they get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so not something like, in that mind, like the opposite of that, but something that takes like Ticket to Ride to a different level where you're feeling more, maybe like almost like Train Simulator instead of almost like Train Party Game.
0: Okay. Yeah. I don't
1: I, know how I would design it, but that's just kind of like one of the, the first game that came to mind.
0: I could see that. I also would worry if I were Days of Wonder and was going to be making a Ticket to Ride 2 would, and I made it more complex. Would, would most people who are buying it want a more complex game if it was called Tickets to Ride? Still, you know what Maybe I'm saying? change the name of it. Yeah, and that's where I'm trying to think of when I was thinking of games to get sequels. Most of the board games that I want a sequel to have some sort of heavy story component to them because yeah. you can continue the story, <laughs> Yeah. right? So immediately I went to, well, surprising to no one, I went to Dead of Winter, obviously, because <laughs> um, that's the first place that I went. And I think there's a lot of cool things you could do with that. Uh, you could... And they, I guess they've kind of done this with their factions and all that good stuff. But I think that's an easy one that you can continue. And I, I always am up for playing more Dead of Winter. One game, though, that I think you could potentially look at doing a sequel to that might work. If you took a game like Scythe yeah. and actually revamped the combat and made it have heavier combat, because that's kind of what the game seems like it should be, right? Yeah. I, I think that might be an okay thing to do, but I, I, I wonder then what's the difference between, and maybe this is the same thing, especially with board games, what's the difference between a sequel and 2nd edition, 3rd edition, 4th yeah, edition? Yeah. So Because I, I could see with Scythe if you just tweak the combat rules or did something a little more with combat and then maybe streamline something else, suddenly it's just Scythe 2nd edition, not Scythe 2. Um, so that's where I really tend to go, like I said, I, I think story-based games to really, truly get those sequels. Uh, any other games that you would want a sequel to? Uh,
1: there was one more that I thought of. Um, I... And I don't know how much... I want... Okay, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Uh, Fireball Island. I would like to see a Fireball Island 2 where it's not so reliant on the nostalgia factor, right? They have a base. They know... They know the style of game now. But now, it's not just... like. Restoration Games now, they did their job, right? They restored Fireball Island. Now it's time to, in, and in my head, it's a manufacturing upgrade. Like what right. I think the biggest complaints about Fireball Island is, is it's just so flimsy and it doesn't feel, the quality doesn't represent the price that you paid for it unless mm-hmm. you bought it. When you could pay whatever you wanted, <laughs> right? During the pandemic, <laughs> um, yeah. Which my buddy paid. I I bought it from my buddy for twenty bucks, and he's played with his son dozens of times. Like not dozens, maybe like half a dozen times. Mm-hmm. And like that, if and you know, if my kid could sit still for three seconds, I would have loved to try <laughs> too, but uh, just not possible. Um. So I would love to see them take a swing at a sequel, a proper one where maybe it's a different island, a whole different design. Maybe it's a different bad guy. Maybe it's the same one in the mm-hmm. island has terraformed because of the volcano uh, to s- or, or a Valkyr. Sorry. Um, I just, I would like to see a different swing at that.
0: I think that sounds good. I think that sounds very cool. That's a great, great suggestion. Thanks. Cool. All right. So my first topic, I'm just going to give a brief overview, a little bit of what I've been playing. Mm. Cause we actually haven't been talking too much about the games we've been playing lately. True. So, uh, I- Post Ghost of Tsushima, uh, which I have the platinum in, since then, since I finished that game up at the very end of July, I, I kind of have been just bouncing around a ton. And honestly, part of me hasn't had a strong desire to play much mini games. And I think I knew it's because we have Marvel's Avengers, which will be. Out for people who got the special edition the day this podcast releases. Yeah. Uh, for everyone out this coming Friday. I, I I knew we had that on the horizon, so I didn't really want to get sucked into something else right after that too much. Uh, so the things I have been playing on the tabletop, I've been still playing Lord of the Rings, Journeys, in Middle-Earth. Uh, with school starting, we haven't played a ton of board games, uh, so we only got a couple more chapters of that done. I think we're on chapter 7 or 8 now. Uh, and we still haven't lost which I'm pretty surprised by because nice. everything I read says that it's very hard. And I I don't like literally the fact that we haven't lost. I was I went and reread the rules to make sure I wasn't messing something up. Yeah. Now, granted, we have gotten very close to losing numerous times, but we have kind of especially a couple scenarios. We escape by the skin of our teeth in that. I was like, OK, if this if we get this, I think we win. If we don't get this, I think we lose. Like we've had that happen a couple times. Um, But yeah, I'm pretty surprised that we haven't actually taken an L yet, but I anticipate that will still come. Um I, I'm still really liking the game. I think it's a really unique way of adding uh, abilities and things to your deck that you get experience points and the cards cost experience points. So then you can kind of pick um auto, in addition to your base cards that you get. Oh, I'm going to spend X experience to purchase You know, Y card, and then in the app you add that to your deck as well, so that the app knows that you have that card in your deck as well. Um, so it's kind of a cool way that they do that. You can also use experience to upgrade, um, you know, weapons and things that you've equipped to your character, party items. So they're doing a lot of really cool things with it. I am really bummed about the expansion price. Um, I get it. (laughs) We've talked about it Uh, because I do want to keep playing this game, but I think what will likely happen now with you know, having Gloomhaven, having you know Fort that we just got, which I learned the rules to, so I need to pick that up and play that. Um, having these other games, uh, Awari that I really want to play. Um, I don't even know if we'll finish this campaign right now, or if we're gonna put it away uh, and come back to it later. We'll see. Um, uh, but still, really, still highly recommend the game. Really enjoy it, especially if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, kind of oozes with that theme and that world. So if you're into that, I highly, still highly recommend that. Um, On the video game front, the video game I've been playing the most is actually UFC 4. I know I talked about the 10-hour trial that I had done with that. Mm. I went ahead and bought the game. Uh, So (laughs) I guess forget, you know, no worries about, uh, you know, having it unlocked in the EA vault in a few months. Uh, I've just been playing that for quite a bit. I have won the championship. I I have become the GOAT. I'm doing pretty good. The one thing I've discovered, though... I've only played career mode, really, Then I looked at the t- the trophy list for the first time, finally, to say, like, hey, I'm getting a lot of trophies, you know, can I platinum this thing? There's two trophies I'm super worried about that I don't know if I'll be able to do, because one of them, they have this blitz battle. And what blitz battle is, is an online mode, where when you get into the online mode, it'll say, okay, for the next, you know, however long this blitz this particular blitz battle is going on, you can only do x thing so you are have to be like this weight class and you have to be like and it's only kicks like you could only use kicks (laughs) yeah and the problem is is that i have been playing in career mode with my creative fire fighter the entire all of the hours i've been playing this game which is well over 20 hours at this point that i put into this game (laughs) <laughs> well, so I got to this mode, I was like, okay, you can pick your fighter, and it's like, hey, you can pick your person, just note that they'll adjust them to the weight class, I'm like, okay, that's fine, here's the problem, though, they don't have all the kicks and stuff that I've unlocked in career mode, <laughs> so I went into this thing being like, this is going to be awesome, and I started doing all of the typical things I would have done like in my career mode, and you can't do any of those things, so I got soundly defeated. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll pick one of the pro you know, one of the actual fighters and I'll try that. Well, the problem is I haven't been using them. So I don't know right. what their kicks are like a <laughs> cut because, you know, like holding like R2, L1, and Square for one character, what move they actually do is different compared to another character. So you have to actually know what they would do in that situation.
1: That sounds horrible, and- Kyle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so I I was like, okay, well, if I'm gonna do this and to one of the trophies is you have to win um, the tournament and it's like five rounds 1v1 and so like when you win then you go to like round four and like all the people who won the first round go to the next round and then all the people who won that round go to the next round and you just get randomly matched up against oh, someone man. and you have to win the entire thing and I was like oh gosh I'm gonna have to use these fighters that I haven't been using the entire time in the game so anyway I've been playing some music. I still like the game. I'm having a lot of fun, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get the Platinum in it. Also, just very briefly, some things I've started. Uh, Destroy All Humans, I picked up the remaster for that game just because I did enjoy the original back in the day. You know, this is very much that epitome of a remaster that you're like, wasn't this how the game was? (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I think for better or for worse cuz they didn't change any of the audio, they didn't change what anybody says, they didn't yeah. which some of the stuff was pretty off color. Uh they didn't change any of that. So I'm having fun. It's just stupid fun and I enjoy that. Uh but so yeah, if you like the game originally, I think you could give it a shot. You'll probably still like this. If you never liked the game, you're not suddenly going to like it. <laughs> uh over on Xbox, uh we've been playing a little PGA 2K21. Yeah, we have uh and i think i got second in the last tournament i don't know hey good news donnie donnie is
1: about to make it much harder on all i of know us. i think donnie
0: won <laughs> i didn't i i finished the tournament with a day left um and i knew at that point i was in first but then donnie's like well i'm gonna do my round so i just assumed donnie beat me
1: where'd you finish it
0: i was like 300 or 400
1: yeah 200 was the lead so yeah nice good job
0: so yeah i was pretty stoked with that but like i said i'm actually uh when I am playing that game, I am more often designing courses than I am actually playing it. Really? I've spent way more time in Are the you designing
1: design. the board of the video game Open? No, I did I saw uh, that was on there and you I thought talk that you'd talked about, about it. No, he okay. didn't talk to me either.
0: Oh, I'm I am happy to design the the par 3. If you course have, if for that. he
1: if you can do that, if he can get your game into there, then yeah, you should do that course.
0: So yeah, so I'm currently making a uh what I'm, my plan is is I am making a quote-unquote easier course. So it's going to be like, tra- it's called Tranquility at Long Lake. Oh. So it's going to be actually a Everything pretty- about
1: that sounds nice. Tranquility know, at, at Long Lake.
0: Lake. And so the course is going to be, it's honestly, I've been playing it is it's not very hard and that's on purpose because then I'm also going to make a quote-unquote sister course or brother course to it called Nightmare at Long Lake. That is going to be basically the same layout, but yeah. I'm just going to like, Ratchet everything up to make it far more challenging.
1: Well, on the first hole of Donnie's course, I hit the ball into the incline in front of me and it (laughs) rolled all the way back behind the tee box. And then there was another hole where the default drive would have set me up into a lake. Uh huh. So I pulled it back two clubs to land it on top of the hill. Yeah. I hit the top of the hill. and it rolled the down ball and it. Never stopped rolling. It rolled right. I wanna say conservatively seventy yards. Oh yeah. Into the water.
0: Lynx <laughs> courses.
1: Yeah, and that's what his yeah. excuse was. Lynx courses.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also though I don't think Lynx courses usually have very many water hazards on them. It's no. usually sand.
1: Also, it was a roller coaster of emotions because as soon as I was I was two under for four mm-hmm. or five holes. Yeah, and then I double bogeyed nine, and then it was all downhill. Like nine to eighteen was a roller coaster ride of emotions and and wanting to throw my elite controller through my TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I think, I think I, I was three under, but I prob I think I had seven birdies, so that tells you about how not all the holes were great.
1: I had three birdies in the in the in the first nine
0: yeah so there were some issues there but yeah like i said but anyway i'm enjoying it overall yeah i'm giving him uh, a hard
1: time i know he's like <laughs> i know he's listening to this and be like yeah i told josh you get you'll get better by getting challenged and i just say we'll see <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: i also have dipped my toes into marvel's iron man vr that was a game that came back out in july uh heard some good things, heard some not so good things about it, and just having finished up The Last of Us and knowing Sushi Sushima was right around the corner. I, I picked the game up, but I just kind of sat on it and finally jumped into it. I know, Josh, when you tried to play it, you had some issues. Were
1: you able to pick up the, glass, the glasses in his house? I
0: had no issues at all.
1: <sighs> well, that's just my life. <laughs> yeah, I had no issues
0: at all. So uh, I will say the game is surprisingly challenging. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like just flying around and being able to shoot things and all that like I, I kind of like I know they had talked about how you could fly wherever you wanted to for the most part, right that it was kind of these open missions, but I didn't really believe them <laughs> i I kind of figured it would be more on rails, you kind of go to this place and shoot this thing, and then you go over there, like it is when you're playing as Tony Stark, how you push the button to go to here, look yeah. around, pick up some stuff, <laughs> push the button, go over there. But no, when you're Iron Man, you are flying wherever you want to, and you definitely have to uh, move your hands and adjust them however you want to. To like, if you think of Iron Man flying, like that's what you need to do. The thing that is, amazes me about this game, though, number one, this is a game that I think a PS5 update with different controllers would be amazing. Yeah. The those the oh man, those move controllers just are not good. They never have been good. <laughs> But the one thing I will give this game credit for is there have been multiple times where I basically like turned around and the game's had no issues, yeah, which is really surprised me because basically every game in PSVR, if you turn around or start to really crane your neck to look at stuff, most games in PSVR start to have issues. This game hasn't had any for me, uh, so I've been pretty lucky. I really haven't had any. I had a, when I first started up the game i had to reset one of my controllers because it was shooting off like back behind me (laughs) um but then once i restarted the controller everything was fine yeah but yeah it's it's i'm having fun it's uh like i said more challenging than i thought it was going to be um but also more freedom that they have than i thought it would have they've fixed some of the big concerns people had the load times are better but there's still a lot of them uh, but yeah, overall it's fun Like I said, it's a fun time I don't know if it's a great game It's a pretty good game though Yeah. Um. So that's good And then I also just briefly, briefly started the Control DLC uh, The AWE expansion Which just recently came out I want to try to get that wrapped up before Marvel's Avengers gets here We'll see if that happens But supposedly this is pretty short Um. There were some teases for the AWE expansion About what AWE meant Because in the world of Control the, It means something very, very specific Right <laughs> but then also, the remedy has this other little property that has the letters A W in it. And let me just say, they don't take too long to help you know where this one's going. Okay. Now, granted, it's still very much about the control stuff. They definitely are talking about the. I mean, Ultra it's not world a secret, events.
1: right? It's Alan it's Wake not. experience or whatever. <laughs> right.
0: They're still very much focused on the alter world events. Are are still really where the focus is. But it, I, minor spoiler, I guess literally the first mission when it's like hey you should go to the ele- check out the elevator like when you get to the elevator there's like Alan Wake stuff that happens immediately <laughs> so it really does <laughs> like there's really no like who I wonder if they're going to like is this just going to be a they little thing tell you right at the end yeah they, yeah, they right say they
1: say hey uh Alan wakes in this and you don't get to update to ultimate edition for free
0: correct so <laughs> yeah but it's really nice to be back in that world again it doesn't seem as hard as the foundation expansion did which was hard. Yeah, so so far it he doesn't seem as hard, but we'll we'll see how it goes. So that's kind of what I've been playing kind of a lot, uh, but those are all the things I've kind of been muddling my time with until we get to Marvel's Avengers in just a few days here, or today, depending on when you're listening to this. That's it for me. Josh, what is your second topic?
1: Well, let's talk about Eric Lang. How's that let's sound? Let's do it. Okay, so Eric Lang actually has been in in the social media sphere for the past few months um, yeah. notably when he got a Twitter ban <laughs> yeah, um, for speaking his mind well, unfortunately um, it was because he was speaking out against racism and the and Black Lives Matter in favor of not against um, and there was apparently one or two specific groups that were really targeting him and sending issues, uh, complaints into Twitter constantly and and eventually twitter banned him and then and then something which was very nice to see was like the board game industry came to his defense yeah, everyone did. came to his defense uh which was which was really great to see and unfortunately the people who w- would seem like are the people that probably did do what they're accused of doing really came back with these really snarky passive aggressive comments about it uh, and it didn't look good um and these are actually like board game reviewers and board game like I don't want to call them industry people but they're like adjacent industry adjacent people right uh so you know he he's been back for a little bit and he's been pretty pretty honest and forward about where he stands and um you know he's still very much non apologetic and going forward on Speaking forward again for Black people and uh, also representation in board games and media in general. So, uh, on August 28th, which was Friday, two days ago, uh, there was a CMON issued a press uh, release that said um, After an incredible run in the executive ranks of CMON Limited, uh, Eric M. Lang is stepping down from his day to day management role making room in his schedule to focus on freelance game design, as well as growing involvement with activism. Uh, So I really kind of just want to focus on that sentence, because there is more information basically talking about his successes, especially with Ankh, that just uh, was a successful Kickstarter. Uh, uh, I will say he did say, quote, I'm so proud of this team and how much we've grown together. Indeed, I feel very fortunate. That I'll continue to work with C-Mine in this new freelance capacity long into the future. Keep an eye out for the incredible games we've got coming up. So this means he is now free to develop board games wherever he wants. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also free to dedicate as much time as he wants to activism. Yep. Uh, What I want to ask you is, uh, what do you think... What do you think the impact on Seamont is with this and do you think he will work with other companies now and, and do you think it'll be in the miniature uh fashion
0: That's a great question he said on twitter that he is not looking for work right now that he has plenty of things not in... looking <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right yeah he yeah he's not taking he's not going to be pitching he's not taking stuff he has plenty of stuff in the hopper that he is already working on, so he's not looking for work right now. So, I would guess that he is pro- most of his titles for the foreseeable future. I'm going to guess are still going to come from Simon, yeah, yeah. And maybe in a, a year or two or three, we will see him do some other things or, or work with other companies. Uh, I for one am I don't, I, I'm trying to think of the right word to describe Impressed it would probably be the best thing right now because. With everything going on in the world with COVID and the uncertainty of work and all that good stuff, the idea of giving up my job right now is terrifying. Yeah. And he is so passionate and committed to improving the board game space for people who have traditionally been very marginalized in this place that he's willing to leave his job so he can have more time to work on that. Now, it's important to note that from other Twitter dimensions that he has said that Simon was completely comfortable with his activism, with him being outspoken. They had no issues with that at all, but I think he just wants to do more in that route. And he had a obligations to his job at Simon for what he could do. Like you can only, there's only so many hours in the day, right? Like if you have job responsibilities, that means you can't necessarily do the other things that you want to as much. And he's so passionate and dedicated to this work in this area that he left his job so he could do more of it. And that to me is really, uh, astounding, and I, I think really speaks to the character uh, that he has a, and his commitment to make board games a, a better place for all people. The one, I guess, the only downfall, I guess, I could say to this, or the bummer part of it, um, is that in that, um, oh shoot, the documentary we watched,
1: which one? G- the
0: game, uh, game. Game Masters. Game Masters. I was thinking Game Makers. I'm like, that's not right. Game Masters. He talks about how, at the time, he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person of color in in an executive position at a board gaming company. Yeah. Which means now there's- Now there there isn't one. one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which is a (laughs) bummer. But also, like I said, I, I, I think he's- I think I don't want to say make up for it, but I think he's gonna do a lot of work in his in his new. And he has the name recognition now. He has the industry pull right now that it doesn't matter whether or not he's connected to Simon, right? If yeah. When Eric Lang talks, people are gonna listen, right? Um, he shouldn't so, be
1: in that position just because he is a person of color as
0: well. Like oh, for sure, and I don't think he was just because. yeah.
1: No, I don't mean you said that, but like when I'm sure people thought like because I thought it like. When we think of there's one person in that industry and then they right. step down, and you're like, well, now there's no representation. But yeah. like, I can only imagine the pressure that you must feel in that in that position to stay there.
0: For sure, for sure, absolutely. Like I said, that's why, I uh, you know, in the end, he clearly has. Other grander plans of what he can do outside of the role he was in. So yeah. I do think it's a loss for Simon because I I do think he is a big name who has done games that people really enjoy. Obviously, from a game design perspective, you know he still has uh, a number of games because he's working on a Blood Rage sequel. I think they said he's still working on the Cyberpunk 2077 board game. Yeah. Uh, so he still has some things that are going to be coming uh, from Simon. But for them, I think it's going to be, you know a loss just because he's such a huge name, but I think for the industry as a whole, I think this is going to be, um, a a helpful change because I I think Eric Lane can do a lot of good. So, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Uh, you, you hit on it. So he still has, um, tabletop adaptations of, uh, cyberpunk 2077 coming out. He has a blood rage sequel coming out. He has a family game that's co-designed with Mike Elliott codenamed barge, which I'm guessing is a pirate game. uh, as well as more than a dozen other projects in different stages of development, I'm sure Ankh is one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a prolific game designer, and his voice is not unheard. I think that's the most important thing to him, really. Um, and I think this speaks uh, to that. So yeah, uh, it's it's crazy to see, but in a good way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Anything else you want to say about that?
1: Uh, let's get him on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see he has what time we can now. do. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, Josh. Hey, my second topic. Gamescom Opening Night Live happened, Josh. Did you did you know it that?
1: Did, it did.
0: Did you watch this?
1: I mean, it's it's hard to say because there were so many opening night lives. <laughs> There was like fifteen of them, so I watched one of them. <laughs> did
0: you watch the one two hour one that Je where Jeff Keeley was standing on stage and talking to people?
1: I did watch that
0: one. Yes. Gotcha. So I just want to talk a little bit about. if There's anything that stuck out to you? Kind of things that you thought were cool, things you thought were weird. Just in general, what were your thoughts about Gamescom opening night live? Real quick, though, did they do an appropriate job of setting expectations for you?
1: Because uh, that no, seems I don't to think be so. the thing. <laughs> really, I don't know that expect no i don't know that expectations were uh, okay yes yes and no okay okay okay. i know what you mean yes um he 100 percent did say like these are the things you're getting and these are the things you're not well he said this is what you're not getting is really what he said
0: right and i do think that in general it's very interesting to see how much work is being put into expectation setting these days yeah Yes, so. you have to.
1: Well, and that—that's not even on Jeff. That's on no. That's on Sony not. and Microsoft. Yeah, no, they, that's what I'm saying. Everyone yeah.
0: in general is trying to do that. They're very putting effectively. this
1: nonsense on everybody, and it's not cool. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes. What were your
0: highlights? What did you think overall? Things that stuck out, things you liked, oh, didn't boy. like. What were you think?
1: Hey, can I start with what I didn't like? Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I want to start by saying I love Sydney Goodman. Uh-huh. I think she's like the next Jessica Chobot in like a post G4 world. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of that energy, like that ChoBot energy. I love that she showed up. I hate that she was announcing awards. There I understand that Gamescom does awards. There yeah. was no setup for this, period.
0: Nope, there wasn't. It was, was just like,
1: hey, Jeff's like, I'm so happy that Sydney from IGN's joining me. Sydney, what's going on? And she's like, I'm here to present the award for best Nintendo Switch game. It goes to this game that isn't out yet. Right. <laughs> back to you, Jeff. Thanks, Sid. Oh, we're back. And, and Sid's back with another award. I'm here to present the best <laughs> PlayStation 3 game. PlayStation 4 award. Great. It's for this game that isn't out yet on PlayStation yeah, right? 4. Cyberpunk 27. 20- Great. Okay. I understand when cons do game of show. Yeah. But there was not a con. No one yeah. played this game at this con. It's <laughs> It was entirely unnecessary. And it really, honestly, it took me out of any moment I felt like I was having fun watching the show. The second that part came on, I was like, mm-hmm. ugh. Yeah. What is this gonna be now? (laughs) Like it just felt like so terrible and awkward. I'm gonna have to watch this Unknown Nine trailer because I don't know what this is. Um, Highlights. Let's do highlights. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I have another low light. Should I do that first? (laughs) Oh, I have two more low lights. Uh. Oh, we saw some more Outriders, uh, which looked yeah. really great. In fact, I didn't even know that it was riders for the first minute and a half, uh, so they did a good job on that. <laughs> uh, still no date, which is a bummer. Um, we saw some single-player um, Star Wars squadrons, which yep. looked great. Um, I own The Sims 4, and I kept saying to myself, I really wish I owned The Sims 4 so I could play Journey to Batu." And I was like, wait, I do own it. Oh, wait, I don't want to buy this <laughs> expansion. Uh, but they showed some pretty cool uh, Star Wars content for Sims 4. Uh, yeah. 12, they they did a little like uh, uh, star uh, quality ad- addition to a game I already wanted to play. So we know that in 12 minutes, um, Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy, and Daisy Ridley are voicing characters. That is a heck of a cast. That's great. I love James McAvoy. I love Daisy Ridley, and I'm in love with Willem Dafoe. Um, Dang! <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Age of Empires 3 I'm very excited to have that. Um, looks like it's gotten the biggest remaster out of all the remastered Age of Empires games, mm-hmm. and that looks great. Did we know Corvus was a, a sci-fi plane shooter? Cause, yes. Okay, I think I got confused last time, too. Uh, Fall Guy Season 2 looked really cool. Uh, they're added, they're really changing up some of the game modes uh-huh. and adding the dungeon theme. Medal of Honor above and beyond looks so uninteresting to me that I really <laughs> could care less that it's a virtual reality. <laughs> um, I think, I guess my biggest surprise is Ratchet and Clank only because it made me want to play it. And oh. you know my aversion to platformers. I do. Um, but it really looks like it's going to break boundaries and walls and all these other analogies for breaking things. The glass mm-hmm. ceiling, uh, other things. <laughs> it looks really interesting and fun. And uh, the only thing I don't like is the game freezes when you change weapons. <laughs> that seems very jarring to me, especially you... the game that fast.
0: You can, if I recall, if they do like they did in the first or the PS4 remaster, I think there is a quick switch. So you can switch between like your last two. Uh, But yeah, otherwise, because usually you have, you know, they only showed four there, but you typically that entire radial dial would typically be full of weapons by the end. So you kind of have to have the ability to, you know, pick out of your your dozen weapons. So Yeah. I
1: mean, I'm I'm sure it's there for a purpose. Uh, A series I've, I've never played. I only played. I only tried. I don't know. Fifteen minutes of the last game, um, mm-hmm. um, and I actually stopped playing just because I didn't think I understood the story. There was like yeah. a like a lot of backstory. Mm-hmm. They said that you don't need to know the story for this one, and we'll see. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, but it looks great. Um, uh, I was very impressed by the demo. Uh, I will say, low lights were Surgeon Simulator Two with a terrible lead-in. Like if they didn't that have so Brown, weird. It would have been fine, I think. Um, as much as I love to watch YouTubers play video games and highlight reels, um, <laughs> and then they they touted this huge crossover, and it was Bridge Constructor in The Walking Dead. Yeah, uh, that was a freaking huge disappointment. <laughs> so, those are my highlights and lowlights, and and in between, in the middle lies. Dragon Age and Call of Duty.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So I want to s- stay on those two for a moment. Number one, Call of Duty. Impressed? Not. So you're pretty. see you seem pretty middle of the road on it. Is
1: we don't know gameplay yet. You- it's impressive as just. It's it's just as impressive as every other Call of Duty story CGI has been. Every year, right. It's more impressive than the last. Mm-hmm. And yes, this is more impressive. Then the last one, and the last one was the peak of Impressiveness. Right. Uh, they really pulled up like, all, all the stops for Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love the Reagan stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't know why. I feel very <laughs> weird about it. I don't know why. Because they've had other presidents and stuff in the past games. I don't know why I feel so weird about Reagan being in this, but it's, I do.
1: It's because there's so much focus on it. Yeah, you, it's just, it doesn't feel right, and, I don't know, it, in a time where political unrest is as as such, we, I don't know that I need to see that.
0: <laughs> it's okay, I'm sure they'll come out at some point and talk about how their game isn't political, even though it has a president in it. It's
1: fine. Yes, I'm sure they right clear? before I who the, the voice game actor is. Yeah, I wonder who the
0: voice actor is for Ronald Reagan.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll look it up while you talk about the rest of... <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I thought Black Ops Cold War, when they talked about, oh, we're going to show you a sneak peek trailer, I didn't think it was going to literally just be four, five, six people sitting at a conference table for five minutes. And that's what it was. It was just people in a room talking, which is fine. I usually like people in a room talking when it comes to movies and stuff. But I was hoping for something different than that, I guess. But it it did look pretty good. I thought the voices seemed odd to me. I, d- I don't know that the acting was super great to me, at least. But who knows? Maybe it'll be very different down the road. Uh, I do think it's interesting that Raven is basically taking care of the single-player campaign and Treyarch is doing the multiplayer. Um, So I'm excited for Raven to actually kind of get out there and stretch their legs a little bit. They're a studio who, for a very long time, has been making like map packs and stuff. Uh, So it's kind of cool to see that they can just go ahead and and stretch their legs a little bit. The Dragon Age thing, I felt really weird about, Josh.
1: Yeah. Because...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, like, why did they show us that? Does it prove they're still working on the game?
1: Yeah, I think they did what Bethesda did, right? A game that people have been asking about forever. They just need to show people that it's being worked on. Right. Like um, Starfield and yeah. whatever that other Elder Scrolls game is.
0: So here's the question then. What year does this game come out? <laughs>
1: that's such a good question because they showed us so very little
0: <laughs> they uh, they had a lot of art
1: so there's no question it will be a next gen console game oh right? yeah for sure so um 2022 it's not we saw we saw suicide squads not tell 22 anyways
0: Right. Yeah, Suicide Squad is twenty twenty two, and they had a fully they had a full cinematic trailer for that.
1: Well, yeah, but they only had a CG trailer. Anyone could have done that in any studio.
0: I mean, but apparently not because we didn't get that for Dragon Age four.
1: <laughs> Actually, you make a great point. <laughs> <laughs> you make a great point there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh...
0: Okay, I'll ask this question then: What comes out first? Dragon Age Four or Starfield?
1: Oh, Dragon Age Four.
0: Oh, okay. So, what year do you think Starfield comes out? I
1: don't know that it'll ever come out.
0: <laughs> I just—it was just so. It reminded me of that E3 when EA just did all of, like, the concept art for all of their stuff, yeah. and everyone was like, "Why are you doing this?" I felt like that's what I felt like they were doing. I thought it was cool to hear people talk about what they <laughs> wanted to accomplish with the game. It just seems so weird to have it in this setting i felt like that would be something really cool for bioware to put like on their blog that's what that felt yes. like to me was we are speaking directly to our fans who love dragon age here's some stuff we want to show you that's what that felt like to me so i don't think it's bad to create something like that it just seems like a really weird place for me to show it
1: yeah uh first off no there isn't a, li- a le no one's saying who is Reagan yet okay. um it felt really weird to me that this should have been the Mass Effect Trilogy remaster, not Dragon Age 4.
0: Yeah, because that <laughs> game is still supposedly coming out this year. Supposedly. We'll supposedly. Uh, kind of like Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga got pushed to spring, but I was kind of anticipating that since we haven't heard anything about that game in a long time. And yes, highlight of the show definitely for me was Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. I think that game looks incredible. Watching it, that trailer later in 4K, whew, my goodness, that trailer. Really excited, ex- super excited, too, that it is launch window for the PS5 release when this game is coming out, which means Insomniac has two games coming out basically at PS5 launch. Yeah, two. what's
1: What's the other one?
0: Uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales.
1: Oh, I keep forgetting to do Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and they're probably working on the full Spider-Man sequel right now, too.
1: I'm sure they are, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, uh, that was also, such a good pickup for
1: No load times in Ratchet & Clank.
0: I know, no load times. That's
1: pretty incredible.
0: All right, Josh, what is your third topic?
1: Hey, uh, well, this game I don't care about has a huge update. Uh It's Fortnite, and Season 4 is adding, seemingly, the entire Marvel Universe. So let's talk about that first. It is Wait a called...
0: second. You can't... You you have to free Fortnite. You can't not care about it. You have to free it.
1: I am I'm an impartial... Uh... Whatever.
0: Third Party Observer. (laughs) Anyway, continue on. Sorry. So it's called
1: Nexus War. It's Marvel-themed. Brings in Wolverine, Thor, Iron Man, and more. This is from GameSpot, and this is from Chris Pereira. Sorry for reading what you wrote, but it is very well written. The new season of Fortnite is here. It's the 14.0 update, Chapter 2, Season 4. And it is Marvel-themed. its marvel themed uh, that goes beyond what we've seen in the past, as uh, Chris says, uh, and, and now I'm ad-libbing. Uh, we had Deadpool in the past, we also had uh, Thanos, I believe those are, uh, maybe, Cap- I think Captain America was more recent. However, unlike previous season- seasons, uh, there was no major um, device-style, the device-style event. Instead, uh, with Thor having arrived on the island, he has summoned a number of other Marvel, Marvel characters... Wolverine, Iron Man, Groot, She-Hulk, Storm, Mystique, and Dr. Doom. And if you watch the trailer, they all just kind of spawn next to each other. And I always wonder, like, why is no one punching Dr. Doom in the face immediately? <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah. So, uh, they're either a limited time mode or a one-off skin. Uh, once again, uh, we are getting... Uh, um, sorry. uh The skins for the characters are available via the battle pass uh, or you're able to acquire them and use superpowers and tools related to those characters uh, during the match. Now, this seems really cool to me as a a former Fortnite player, very Mm -hmm. briefly, and no longer, but I know like Kevin from PSVG and Skinny Matt, a listener, and others are still playing this game. This would definitely be a draw to me. I think one of, one of the funny parts is Thor is literally the only character redesigned. And while people in the in video game world have lost their uh, collective crap over Thor in <laughs> Avengers, they don't seem to right. care about Thor in this one. Yeah. Um, now, Thor in this one is <clears throat> is based on a comic book design, the current Thor run. And I bring that up because this is not the craziest part of this Fortnite crossover at all. What is crazier about this is, well, I'll just say the title. From from io9 and Gizmodo, uh, Marvel has made Fortnite canon in the Marvel comic universe, which is insane. So this current Thor... I think he's in issue four right now. He's been contracted, uh, uh, essentially, by Galactus, who has unleashed the... Oh, I want to say the right thing. It's not the Black Plague, but it is a similarly named uh, Black Winter. So Black Winter is a sinister plague um, that is ending all things. So he says to Thor... Hey, listen, you know I'm Galactus. I love to eat planets. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. If you would just let me help me consume five specific worlds, no big deal, uh, I'll end the Black Winter. So Thor actually goes along with this plan. He ends a jellyfish world. He ends a bear world, a praying mantis world. And then Thanos stumbles upon... He he senses this rift in the galaxy, which apparently just perfectly coincides with the latest Fortnite change. Mm-hmm. And it leads him to Fortnite World, which he is about to eat at the aid of Thor. And this is canonical. <laughs> and I know I'm bringing comic books into video games, but shame on them. They did it first. I'm just <laughs> reporting on it. So uh, this is a story of Marvel's Mightiest Heroes trying to help Thor get a message to Lady Sif on Asgard. Actually, he gets a message to Lady Sif on Asgard. There literally, in the Thor comic book, is a banana holding a a semi-automatic weapon. (laughs) And it's a banana. It's not a guy in a banana suit. It's a humanoid (laughs) banana with kneecaps and all. <laughs> uh it's pretty insane, but it's happening. Uh so, if you want to get in on this real Marvel canon, yeah. That is bringing Fortnite into the Marvel universe. Now is the time to play Fortnite. <laughs> and I'm not endorsing that at all, <laughs> but I feel like it's important to tell you. This is nuts. And we shouldn't support it.
0: <laughs> okay, I was going to ask you, are you a fan of this or no?
1: No, this is terrible. This is the commercialization <laughs> of comic books. Because there's like there's a story here from, from Gizmodo where they interview the writer of the Thor comic, and he's like, we found this perfect way to blend these two universes after having meetings with Epic Games and Marvel. So basically, the two moneymakers said, You give us this much money, we'll make this happen. And then they made the writers and artists do this. I don't like it. It's terrible. It's like opening up Captain America and he's working with the old Spice Guy. Or a (laughs) Marcha Man Randy Savage of Slim Jim. It's happened in the past. There's definitely been crossovers with like WWE and other things like in the entertainment industry. For whatever reason, this just feels... I don't know that that's canon. I guess is what I'll say. I don't right. know that Bright Heart and Captain America fighting together, I don't think that happened, uh, is canon. Uh, I I just think it's a one-off, which is very popular in comics. One-offs are okay because they're not canon. <laughs> yeah. They shouldn't be. There should not be a Fortnite planet in the Marvel Universe.
0: So how long till Fortnite is in a Marvel movie? How long until Doctor Strange is zipping around... Checking out all the different metaverses or whatever it is that Doctor Strange does. And then, I mean, maybe this is one, the, the one possibility, right? This is the one way that they could, <laughs> that they were going to win, that eventually this was going to happen. Is it Was it worth winning?
1: It makes me feel good that Marvel has laid off of the animated movies in the past year. Yeah. Because, yeah, for sure, if they were still producing animated movies like DC is, this would have already been made and would have been released last week to coincide with the Fortnite I drop. I'm very glad for that. That that has not happened. (laughs) Sorry to all those animators who aren't working, but uh, we don't need that.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Sorry, Kevin. I mean, I'm glad there are probably some people who are excited about that. Uh, It to me is just very odd, but Hey, if you're excited about it, I guess more power to you. Uh, Josh now hates comic books. So I guess that is (laughs) the price that had to be paid. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That is the price that had to be paid for your happiness, everyone else. Josh now hates comics. (laughs) All right. Anything else you want to say about uh, Fortnite and uh, Marvel being buddies? No,
1: but I'll tell you this. Get out there, go to your local comic shop, and get the Horizon Zero Dawn comic. Get your number two drops this Wednesday, tomorrow. I've heard it's good. If you're listening.
0: Yeah, I've heard it's good. I should get that. I actually signed up to
1: get... I I got a box at my shop, and I'm getting all the variants as well. I have my <laughs> three covers here. I have the fourth one nice. coming from issue one, which I have to buy online. <laughs> and I'll be getting all the variants, and they'll be littered on my wall after I read them. Oh, very cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right, Josh, so my final story. You know, <laughs> everyone's super excited about next-gen consoles. Oh, Josh, yeah. Right? We're very, very excited You're about You're going
1: to have to explain this one to me.
0: Okay, but you know what we're not excited for, apparently? He's trying to figure out how in the world to buy video games on next-gen <laughs> consoles. So, as we talked a little bit about earlier, the reveal for the next Call of Duty, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Josh, here's a quick question without looking. Where's the colon in that name? Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Where's the, where's the colon?
1: It has to be... Oh, well, I just looked at it. <laughs> I told you not to look! Sorry. It's Yeah, it's not... I mean, should there be two colons?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Anyway... <laughs> So they announced this game and then they said, Hey, it's going to be, you know, on, you know, the current gen and the next gen of consoles. If you have questions about what edition to buy, go to our FAQ. So now they have an FAQ. (laughs) So Josh, now, number one, digital standard edition, really not that complicated. It will be a thing that just, you know, buy it digitally uh, you can get all the pre-order bonuses, too, by a, by a, getting it digitally. Totally fine. Not a big cool. deal. Okay. All right, Josh. Physical Standard Edition.
1: Wait, PlayStation can I interrupt 4. you? Yeah, you can. Is there a PlayStation exclusive content?
0: They have not announced that yet. Okay, I because assume... I
1: noticed the internet didn't lose their minds over that after the whole Spider-Man fiasco. So, thiasco.
0: the open beta <laughs> early access is first on PlayStation. I did see that, yeah. Which, to me, means that the marketing agreement is continuing with PlayStation. So, my assumption is something will be free. Now, the latest rumor on the internet, which so, so reliable, is that you may have noticed that they said the multiplayer reveal will be September 9th.
1: Yes, I saw that.
0: There is a strong rumor. Well, I shouldn't say strong. There is a rumor that that will be the next state of play. And yeah. that that is where we're getting PS5 release information Um, Plus, they'll have the multiplayer reveal for this game, all that good stuff. Uh, But so they have not announced that there will be anything, any perks for PlayStation people yet other than um, the early access to the beta. Now,
1: sorry, I derailed you. No, you're (laughs) There,
0: There are a lot of rumors about what some of the other PlayStation benefits could be. But we'll wait and see what if any of those come true. Because yeah. if some of them are what some of the rumors are, are people are going to be really upset. Uh, but we'll see. Like I said, those could all be completely false. Yeah. But anyway. Physical standard edition, Josh. PlayStation 4. Version will have an option to upgrade to PlayStation 5 through the PlayStation Store. Please note, play, the PlayStation 4 disc must be inserted into PlayStation 5 to access the digitally upgraded PS5 version of the game. Xbox One. Version cannot be upgraded to the Xbox Series X. <laughs> okay. Okay. So
1: <laughs> for PlayStation, you can
0: upgrade. I'm assuming for a cost to the PlayStation 5 sure. version. Sure. For the Xbox version, if you have the physical disc, period. You cannot upgrade it to the <laughs> Xbox One Series X Ugh. version. Now the important thing to note, the physical disc will still work. Right, but you'll yeah. get the yeah. <laughs> you'll get the Xbox One version of the game, not the Xbox Series. Right, X but version that's not even game. on
1: Activision. They have no control over whether the disc <laughs> no. will work or not. <laughs> right.
0: Okay, so next gen physical standard edition. PlayStation 5 standard edition includes the PlayStation 5 version of the game on disk. The PlayStation 5 standard edition works on the PlayStation 5 console with a disc drive. This version of the game will not operate on a discless PlayStation 5.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That's good.
0: <laughs> for a version of Black Ops Cold War that is compatible with the discless PlayStation 5, please refer to the digital cross-gen bundle. Okay. Xbox Series X Standard Edition includes both the Xbox Series X and Xbox One versions of the game on disc. So, if you get the next-gen physical Standard Edition you for Xbox, you will get both the Xbox Series X and the Xbox One version. But if you get the Xbox but One the- version of the game, you have no way to upgrade to the Xbox Series X version of the game. Uh. Okay, sounds good. Previous (laughs) generation compatibility. Hold on. PlayStation 5. Standard Edition will not operate on a PlayStation 4. (laughs)
1: Oh my God. Why are they? uh, They're just like.
0: They're just poking sticks at people. (laughs) Standard Edition includes an Xbox Series S disc that is also playable on an Xbox One.
1: That's a shot at Xbox if I ever heard one.
0: (laughs) Josh, what is going on? Why is this so hard? Like, I don't understand. All right, so then you can get the digital cross-gen bundle. Uh. And if you buy the digital cross-gen bundle, this allows you to get both versions of the game, the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, or the Xbox One and Xbox Series X. So you'll get the current-gen version when when the game comes out, assuming whether or not the consoles are out at that point. But then whenever the consoles come out, you would get the next-gen version as well, when the console launches on November 13th. So it very clearly they want you to buy digital, right? Like that is what they want you to do. And ideally, I think they want you to buy the digital cross gen bundle. Now it's important to note if you buy the digital version just for PS4 or just for Xbox One, uh, they will just they will still work on your PlayStation 5 or your Xbox Series X through backwards compatibility. You just won't get any of the upgraded bells and whistles, ray tracing, shorter load times, higher frame rate, whatever else they bells and whistles they throw in there. Josh, why is this so hard? Like why is this so complicated?
1: Can I point something out that I just read? Yeah. All right. So cross-gen compatibility, right? Xbox One and Xbox Series X. The Xbox One version will download immediately to your console when the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War launches on November 13th. Okay. Right? November 13th. The Xbox Series X version of the game will automatically become available for download from your account library once the Series X launches later this year. Do they know the date of the Series X? launch yeah because it says the, the series x won't even be out by november
0: 13th they're they're just saying later this year from now not from november 13th
1: Eww, because really that makes <laughs> it sound like it'll be after them
0: yeah 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 all rumors are pointing to it being like the week before actually right yeah the sixth
1: so. well the november 7th is the xbox anniversary of every yeah. xbox console <laughs> right
0: right, right. it would be
1: crazy if it didn't come out november 7th um so. yeah this is insane not only... It seems like they are making it more complicated than it has to be. Mm-hmm. And even, even just in verbiage, before you even have to worry about the fact that they're including, like, you can't put your PS5 disc into a PS4. No, duh. Like, why, why are you even listing this to further confuse people? It's just more information that you don't need... What I don't understand is the Xbox Series X Standard Edition includes an Xbox Series X disc that is also playable on an Xbox One. However, the Xbox One Standard Edition disc will not play in a Series X. Why? Because it's thirty dollars more expensive. <laughs> is that why? Because it's the they same want, game.
0: They want to make some extra extra monies for you to upgrades.
1: It's. I think the what the hurdle we have to get over and i don't mm-hmm. entirely blame activision but i do a little bit uh is what are the costs of next gen games and it yeah. seems like at least two companies mm-hmm. are pushing 70 for higher costs 70 yep. or 80 um so i i just wish I don't know who the marketing manager is for this piece, <laughs> but I really wish they took some more time to consider their consumers than maybe their investors.
0: Yeah. Well, it what this seems to point to, and we'll see, you know, is that you know, Xbox has been pretty strong about saying that they don't want people to pay for upgrades. Right. Yeah. And so they've been very, very strong about that. Now, does that mean that they're telling publishers they can't? And if that and if that's their progress, that's totally fine. Like I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. Right. Everything coming from PlayStation, though they've never said anything officially, all the rumors point to that PlayStation has told publishers it is 100% your decision. Yes. You do what you feel is best. If you feel charging is best, you can do that. If you feel like a free upgrade is best, you can do that. It's up to you as the publisher. So, I, what my sense is is that Activision is trying to say, "Hey, we think paying 10 bucks to upgrade is important." um and xbox isn't wanting to play ball with that and that's totally their right uh, i don't think that's a bad thing i don't think that's a bad decision for them to make because realistically after this year probably not going to matter anywhere near as much right
1: yes this is the pivotal point right like we saw this with destiny or it failed um in the past generation yeah,
0: yeah. and you know they, they're definitely last gen when there was games that came out cross-generational, there was that $10 fee you could pay to upgrade between if you had the old version to the new version and all that good stuff. So that was a thing that existed, and clearly some people still want to do that. It seems like maybe this is more because just in general, Activision is wanting to say next-gen games are going to be $70 than it is like an upgrade cost to the next generation, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think obviously with the PlayStation 4, you know, you can... I'm assuming paying upgrade cost, but I think that's just because Activision is now saying, "Well, no, next gen games are seventy dollars. You only paid sixty dollars for this game, so to get the next gen game, you have to pay you know ten more dollars to get to the seventy dollars for the cost." Yeah. Um, if you disagree with that, that's fine. I don't know that I fully agree with it, but uh, <laughs> I, I also get where they're coming from in the sense of if next gen is seventy dollars, next gen is seventy dollars. I yeah, that's me. just what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, this actually ties into a question from listener Splick at Doubleicious said. The new COD pre-orders hint at the new standard price of next-gen $69.99, still good value for most games, but always tough to always tough pill to swallow. Gonna have to be much more selective on purchases slash DLC. And I think that's just it. You know, Call of Duty, fortunately or unfortunately, is a game that because of how heavy the multiplayer emphasis is, it's one of those games that people buy once a year. Especially those people who only buy two or three games a year. Call of Duty tends to be one of those titles. Um, so. For those of us like myself or Josh who buy way more than two or three games a year, (laughs) uh, you know, a ten dollar bump in every game would be hard. It would be challenging for us, and it might reduce the number of games we were going to buy. But if you're someone who only buys two or three games a year, um, you know, I don't know that ten dollars is necessarily going to prevent you. You know, I don't know if you're going to go from three to two or four to three from a ten dollar price jump. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, I I definitely appreciate what $10 is and represents.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. I play Call of Duty for the campaign. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I'm not paying $70 for this Call of Duty. It's just where I am at. Like, I'll wait. Like, this is a game I can wait. I'm not playing the multiplayer. That's just not, you know, that's like Call of Duty is on, multiplayer is on a different level for me. I don't enjoy Mm -hmm. it. I enjoy when we play together, right? And I would definitely for sure miss that. Uh, like the few times we did it, um, I had a lot of fun. Oh my God, that cat. Uh, (laughs) but I think like for me, this $10 definitely represents a jump. I'm not willing to make just because I know how much money, like I know that the money is important to them and it goes to the whole game and I'm just not playing the multiplayer. So it doesn't make sense when I could... Like, honestly, a game like Ratchet and Clank that I'm not even a big, plat- like, a platformer fan, mm-hmm. I'd rather put that money to Ratchet and Clank because yep. I know at least I will play a full story or give it a shot. Like, if I buy a Call of Duty for 70 or $80, depending on what version I have to get, like, imagine I just play a five-hour campaign and I spend $80 yeah. on that. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not okay to do that yet. Yeah. I, I mean... I, they could prove to me that maybe this is a game that you want to do that for. Like Avengers, right? Came right around with their war war tables. I was on the fence and I went from on the fence to pre-ordering the digital deluxe, right? Because I mm-hmm. liked what I saw. Um, and I paid $80 for that. But now in a PS5 world, that would have cost me $90 or $100. And I don't know that I would have done that Yeah, for that price.
0: No, I understand. I think for people who only play the campaign, I do think this is be an extremely tough pill to swallow. Because even sixty dollars for a five to six hour campaign is asking a ton. That is a yeah. huge purchase, and you know, I, I, I tend to buck against the whole price time you play for a game. Equal, you know, is value yada yada yada. How yeah. if a game has to be so long in order for it to be valuable, like or good? But man paying 60 bucks for a 5-hour campaign or $70 for a 7-hour, like, oof, that, that's a tough ask. It really is. And I think that would be for everyone, no matter how good the campaign is, you know? It's
1: funny. We live in this world right where we have people saying 60 hours is too long for a game. Yep. And now we're going to be living in a world where people are spending $80 for a 6-hour game and yeah. not a 60-hour game. Yeah. And they're going to be like, yeah, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And I, I do think there are people who, like I said, if you're super into the multiplayer, you're super into zombies, super into those things, I think even still at the seventy dollars, it's a good prop- value proposition. Yeah. If you're paying pl- 200, spending two hundred, three hundred, four hundred hours a year playing Call of Duty, that's still a pretty good return on your investment. Right. Right. You know, For but sure, if you're yeah. playing yeah, if you're paying, you know, five to seven hours not quite the same return i do wonder if Warzone is going to be it like if they're just going to transition Warzone to this game because they have talked about how you know there will be some um shared progression and all that good stuff with Warzone. yeah i black ops was the one who came out with their the first battle royale for call of duty which i'm forgetting what it's called right now but i'm wondering if that blackout. is blackout blackout thank you i'm wondering if blackout was just Done. Like yeah, are they, they just sticking they, with Warzone? I think they said they're done with Blackout. Okay. So uh last thing that's really interesting about all of this hoopla and shenanigans about upgrades and yada yada. Josh, the game is cross-play, cross-progression, cross-generation. About time. Right. But all <laughs> of those it is all of those things, yeah but you can't upgrade for free.
1: <laughs> yeah, the cross-progression part's a little tricky there. <laughs>
0: So, yeah. once you, yeah, so once you upgrade from the current generation console to the next generation console, your profile, progression, and stats will move with you.
1: So listen, if you, if you have a, an Xbox One or Series X and a PlayStation 5, $160 lets you play cross-progression. <laughs> cross <laughs>
0: yeah. But yeah, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox Series X, and PC, all compatible, all will be playing with one another.
1: Very cool. I like the way that this is going, but... Yeah. Uh,
0: They're just asking for a little bit of money for it in order for it to happen.
1: Out, we got to figure out how to make that happen the right way, yeah. So,
0: I do wonder, actually, now that you said that, I do wonder how much Ratchet Clank is going to cost. Because the Ratchet Clank, the 2014 one, or 2016 one, excuse me. Is so it 40? It was 40 bucks. But yeah. there's also a remake of the first game, so I'm wondering if that's why.
1: I think if you're Sony and you're swinging for the fences, like, you come out with a launch title that's 50 bucks. Like, well, supposedly imagine. Miles Morales,
0: supposedly Miles Morales is going to be like a forty or fifty dollar title. It's not going to be a full price. That's that be
1: great for them. Two yeah. fifty dollar so. games out the yeah. date. everyone will buy them. Whew. No question.
0: Yeah. They would just
1: buy it for the price. Honestly, ten dollars. Yeah, I know it seems like a small amount of money, but fifty and sixty, big difference. Sixty and yeah, seventy, 40, big difference. Seventy and eighty.
0: N- yeah, if you see that uh, one game for forty nine ninety nine and another game sitting next to it for sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah. I I mean almost no brainer, right?
1: I remember waiting in line for the Xbox One at Best Buy. I knew how much money I had to spend and I and they had like all the games, launch games available and I think mm-hmm. I got Rise cuz it was $10 cheaper. Yep. I not like I didn't know that it was better than any of the other games.
0: Right. But it's what you but, could afford.
1: Like that's you, I get a controller and a game yep. or I get one game. Like Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was the decision.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to wrap things up. I inserted Splig's question. So, obviously, just remember you can reach out to us at with VG or email us boardwithvg at gmail.com if you do have any questions at all. But with that, we're going to move on to our well-rounded life recommendations. Obviously, we are a gaming podcast, but we want to leave you with one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners this week?
1: Hey, so my recommendation is something we talked about on board with everything, and that is. The video game documentary on Netflix called High Score. It is five or six episodes long. I don't remember. I think six. Okay. It, yeah, because it kind of wraps, wraps up at the end of a regular episode, which was confusing, <laughs> but I figured it out. Uh, uh, what I really liked about it, besides like Kyle and I kind of talked about how we didn't – I liked the production – Kyle wasn't a huge fan of some of the production, um, but what I did like was each episode was focused on a specific part of the industry. And it was like, I would say, a relatively deep dive. I definitely learned a lot of stuff I did not know. It also involved um, some competitive gaming, um, mm-hmm. which is actually like the creation of competitive gaming. Yeah. And also... um talked it showed i think my favorite episode was the episode of of about doom and with john romero talking about how they created doom basically how he created the term deathmatch, and how he got that game into people's hands um, that
0: is the sixth episode which is the one i am on so you have to get all the way through the whole series okay. to get to josh's favorite
1: Uh, There was so many other good things, right? Like the Sega episode is fantastic. They really do a great job at, at, um, actually Sega, they made Sega seem like more fun in general than my entire life living with Sega. Like I appreciated (laughs) Sega more in that episode. Yeah. Um, just talking to the creators behind it. Like, and what I did note was, or what I did notice was everyone they interviewed had this really great sense of humor And a great personality, and I think some of the things you find in documentaries is a lot of dry um, people, Mm -hmm. and not to their like that's not their fault. That's just who they are. But maybe it's just the video game industry. But everyone was that like eccentric, yeah. And they were very entertaining um, and and incredibly passionate. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like it was very refreshing to watch a video documentary a video game documentary that really focused on these people and yeah. our our people like the people that are like us uh, because there's a lot of like dry boring video game documentaries out there mm-hmm. um i believe you can find at least four of them on amazon prime video uh <laughs> so i did i did appreciate um uh everything they did um and i thought it was great i think it's it's a definite uh, must watch if you're a video game fan.
0: That is high score on Netflix. Uh, my recommendation is a little different than my usual recommendations, but I'm going to well, excuse me. I'm going to make the recommendation, uh, especially if you live in a place that gets cold in the winter. Might be a good time to clean your grill. If you're if someone who grills a lot, might be a good time right now to just give that grill a good cleaning. And here's the reason why. You've just done a whole. If you're not someone who regularly cleans your grill, you've just done a whole summer of grilling. The weather's going to start getting chilly here. Hopefully, I assume at some point here soon. Uh, But if you're like me, I still grill in the winter, but I don't grill as often. But I still grill from time to time, and I don't want to have to worry about whether my grill is in tip-top shape when I'm hustling out there in the very cold to go and throw some, you know, some burgers on the grill or whatever. So by cleaning your grill now. It ensures that you'll have a nice, well functioning grill for your entire winter. And then that way, when you kind of dust everything off for summer and get it ready to go and make sure everything is all hunky dory, it's much less work because you've done a big, huge cleaning at this point at kind of the end of all the summer cooking. So you can still use it all winter. Getting it set and ready to go for summer is is simple. Uh, It's much easier to do, much faster to do uh, because you want to get to when summer grilling season rolls around, you want to be like, I got to clean my grill. You can do it, but you can don't wanna have to do it super deep because you've already taken care of it before winter happens. So that's my recommendation. Clean your grill.
1: It's so funny that you bring that up because I was I, I was cooking on the grill tonight and I actually thought that exact thing. I was like <laughs> I was like, first of all, how sad is it that we're still in August and I'm thinking about winter? And second, I was like, My grill is so dirty that I just like, and it's probably going to happen tomorrow or Tuesday where I just, I'm going to pull it out into the driveway, spray it down give it a really good solid cleaning and then just put it right back on the patio.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, But yeah, I'm looking at like like charcoal cheese that's still in the grates (laughs) and stuff like that. So it definitely needs to be cleaned. So it's funny that you say that because I was also today thinking... We have a pump coming for our little pool in the backyard, and I was like, yeah. we're never going to get to use that. It's already getting chilly, and it's <laughs> August. I'm like, what a year this is.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Awesome. Well, hey, clean your grills. That way you can use them all winter. It'll be great. Josh, what do you say we wrap the show up?
1: Let's do that. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board of the Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board of Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag all of our stuff with hashtag VG. so please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all social media. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed, Zimbabwe! You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at Why so Serious? That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can the people find you?
0: So you can find me at all of the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, BoardGameGeek, all at PsychoCross. C Y C O C R O S S. Uh, big thanks to everyone who entered the Meta Fall Contest. We'll keep you up to date on that as the fall rolls around. So thanks to everyone who entered. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.